Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, if I, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones themselves would cry out. I wonder about that sometimes. Do you? Do you wonder what the stones would say? What is the truth so deep, so needing to be spoken, that something as hard and as lifeless as a stone would be compelled to speak? Is it a secret? Something only they know that they are longing to disclose? Is it good news? Is it something that everyone knows but no one has the courage to say out loud? Is it news that, as the beloved hymn puts it, might cause us to tremble, tremble, tremble? In the 90s, there was a movie called If These Walls Could Talk. It was about three different women who, over the course of three generations, all lived their lives in the same house. The idea was that the walls held, in some sense, all of the memories of what had happened there. All the joys, struggles, laughter, and tears of these three women, and all of it somehow left an impression on the house itself. Could the same be said for the stones? What have they seen? What have they felt all through the generations? It's not mentioned specifically, but tradition holds that a stone is what Cain used to kill his brother Abel in the book of Genesis. The first and archetypal story in our tradition of humanity's capacity to take life. Listen, the Lord said to Cain after trying to hide his act of violence, your brother's blood cries out to me from the soil. How many stones, real or metaphoric, have been hurled in the name of God? How many self-proclaimed judges of moral righteousness have wielded them with impunity as the feverish crowd urges them on? Then there are, of course, the stone tablets on which the hand of God inscribed the Ten Commandments, the law, God's dream for a good and equitable world in which the poor are cared for, justice is upheld, and God's people live in harmony. Tablets that Moses later smashed when the people knelt before idols instead. What might they say? There are the ruins of the first and then second temple where not one stone was left upon another as King Nebuchadnezzar and then the Roman Empire both tried to exterminate the Jewish people and their traditions. How many homes, hospitals, and holy places are being destroyed right now by equally cruel men? These stones cry out in pain, in anger, in lament over a world rent by violence. Nations at war, jealous and rageful leaders, our own selfish hearts of stone which value our own personal safety and comfort over our neighbor's good. Even this day, they are begging to be heard. Sometimes I think they are the only ones we do hear. 
but they are not the only stones that are speaking. In the midst of all the brokenness, all the rubble that is the sinful human condition, there are other stones that tell a different story. There is the rock that gushed forth water in the wilderness so that Moses, the Israelites, and the livestock could all drink and live. In the midst of exhaustion and thirst of a wandering people, that rock spoke mercy. There is the stone that the religious leaders were so eager to throw at the woman caught in adultery in the Gospel of John, which they insisted was a just punishment, but which Jesus convinced them to lay down, saying, let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. To a woman brought low by shame and judgment, that stone spoke forgiveness. There is the stone which the builders rejected, but which has become the cornerstone in the sight of all people. To everyone whom the world deems too unfit, too jagged, too outside the lines to be included, that stone speaks acceptance, inclusion, even justification, and it is marvelous in our eyes. So which is it we want to know? Are the stones crying out in hope or despair, defeat or victory? It is always both, beloved. That's what this day is about. This day which has two different names, which can't seem to figure out if it's a day of celebration or a day of mourning. It is both. Today we behold the crucified king in which the world sees foolishness, nothing but loss, but in which we see our teacher and our Lord in all his glory. The stones speak both law and gospel, judgment and grace. They convict us as we stand complicit with the crowd and they set us free as we stand forgiven with the criminal, ushered from our shame into paradise. But here's the thing, beloved. Although this day may be ambiguous, although it may be fraught with incongruities, although it may pull us emotionally in two very different directions, there is one more stone which has the final word. It speaks to us not just in this present moment, but from all eternity. And it is the stone that sealed the tomb where our Lord was buried. The one to which the women came early that morning on the third day, they came expecting silence, they came expecting death. But that stone opened its mouth and spoke forth the eternal word, the risen Christ, the firstborn of the new creation. It speaks and echoes loud and clear that even now, even as we stand together at the foot of the cross, the lamb who was slain has begun his reign. And of this Christ, we are living members, built together as a spiritual house of living stones, a holy priesthood offering praise to God. And so what do we cry. We cry, Hosanna, which means save us, God. We say, restore in us the image of your Son. With Paul, we say, give us the mind of Christ. 
and with all the redeemed through all the ages, we say, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amen.